What is up, everyone, and welcome back to another Slab Stocks Monday live stream at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We have a great episode today because today is fully generated by you, the audience on Instagram. Today, we asked a question, which cards in the sports car market right now are the most overvalued? And there's a couple of answers that showed up a lot, a couple of answers where it's just one-offs. We're going to look at all those different answers and uh, look at the different data that might support it, doesn't support it. And uh, just have a discussion around it. So we're happy to have you all here. And uh, Nate, thanks for joining. Uh, thank you for having me. And Julian, no, I did not forget to glue on my fake beard. I was cutting my hair the other day. I went too low and I said, oh, now I have to trim my beard. So <laughs> that's what I did. We cut off a good like. Uh, I didn't even notice that. Good solid chunk. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a little low there. Uh, what is up, Global Sports Card Investor? What is up, my Australian friend? You said my American Amigos. Uh, good to see you today. So as you can see on the little cover page here, we've got John Morant, Prism Gold, Rookie of 10, and Mac Jones, National Treasures Patch Auto, Rookie number of 99, two Panini cards that are going to be very much part of the discussion of today's live. Before hey, jumping you, into the content, what, Nate? Real quick, on Mac Jones, did you see that he was rated as the 85th best player? <coughs> I did. You know, that's you know voted on by his peers. Yeah, it is. And I'm starting to think that players know nothing. It's insane. It uh, is. But also, also, it's one of those things where it's like, if it was voted on by like media, I'd be like, eh. If it was voted on by, but, or, or like random people on Twitter, I'd be like, eh. But the fact that it's voted on by his, the fellow players is kind of like, Something it does interesting that there's enough people out there that give him credit. Yeah, I mean, it does. Have, it, you're right. I said players know nothing, but it actually gives him more weight. The fact that it is voted on by his peers. But I do have to say, I'm a not a Kirk Cousins fan. Uh, I classify myself as a Kirk Cousins hater and maker funner of. I don't know how to say that. I make fun of my Vikings friends is what I'm trying to say for Kirk Cousins. Uh, but I don't know how he's lower than Mac Jones has right now. Kirk Cousins will do a lot more at the football for your team than Mac Jones will. That's what I see, at least. Well, Kirk Cousins is kind of what he is, and he's like 32, right? Yeah, but what are, what and is this? A dynasty football draft list, or is this a best player from 2021? I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and especially when you compare their numbers <laughs> yeah. from last year. Exactly. Kirk Cousins actually had some good numbers. Obviously, they didn't make the playoffs, but uh, Matthew Johnson, don't worry, Mac Jones is going into a slump this year. I'd be pretty worried if I had some really high-end Mac Jones stuff going into this year. We'll see how it actually all pans out, but um, yeah, we'll we'll see. But I did want to shout this out before going to more sports card data talk because we do have just about two weeks left in August for you to submit an order onto slabstocks.com slash grading to unlock some free grades uh, through our new submission service with SGC grading. So we actually today, August 15th, the first submission went out to uh, get, go to SGC with over a thousand cards getting graded. Some absolute monsters in there. I posted some of the Slab Stocks story, the Slab Stocks grading story. Nate got some text for me, like some Evan Mobley optic, or not even optic. Uh, well, actually, maybe it was, but it was like a Contenders Gold Auto out of 10. I think it was Optic Contenders. Yeah, Optic Contenders Gold Auto out of 10. There was some sweet baseball um, autos and stuff. Like, what's that guy's name? Trey Sweeney, Orange out of 25. Yep. Um, some sweet vintage. There's a lot of really, really cool stuff. A ton of football, though. So many people sending their football to get graded and then presumably sold before the season starts or right at the beginning of the season. Uh, SGC, we're turning around in like three business days right now from the time it arrives at SGC to the time it's shipped back to us. And then we'll ship it within two business days after that. 
But all that to be said is that you still have August to submit a, um, an order with these different promo codes here. You can see them on the screen. If you're listening on podcasts, make sure you go to slabsex.com slash grading. And then once you get to the final step of your order, let's say you have six cards in your cart. So it'd be $23 times six cards. You could put in NTL 2022, 20, NTL22 to get one of those for free. So deduct $23 off your order. And then it'd be every single um, extra free card from that. You'd have to submit five more paid and then you get one free. So NTL222 will get you two free. NTL223 will get you three free all the way up. Right now we have NTL2210 active, which is grade 50, get 10 free on top of that. So pretty cool. I hope you all enjoy and you make use of it. Tons of collectors have already. Like I said, we have like four packages going out today. Super awesome to see. And then here's the order form. So when you land that, you know what you're looking at. You're supposed to be seeing this. Uh, pretty easy to use. And if you have, if you have any questions, please email us uh, grading at slabstocks.com or send myself a DM on Instagram. Uh, pretty easy to get to me. There are a couple things they're working through at the website right now. Like if you submit over 20 cards, you actually have to use the file upload right now. But it's not forcing you to, to use the file upload, which it's supposed to. So make sure if you are submitting a high volume, you go to the file upload and upload a spreadsheet or a CSV file. And don't forget, if you don't have semi-rigid holders, that's either like a card saver or like an Ultra Pro holder. Um, or I guess there's like uh, the, the Zion case holders too. The Zion shield. Yeah, like Nate's holding right now. He's got a card saver in his hand. Please, 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 if you don't have them, put in the amount that you need because it does take a lot of time to transfer these things from top lowers to the semi-rigids. It does have to be paid for. It's only optional if you have semi-rigid holders already. We're switching this too to make it required to put in a number, either zero or whatever number you need. So it's not as confusing, but we, we do need them in semi-rigids. Uh, real quick, shout out to Kevin in Greendale, Wisconsin, home of the uh, home of the world's best donuts. National <laughs> Look at that. From where, Nate? Greebies? No, I'm kidding. That's in uh, West Dallas. But I know what you're about to say. I, no, I said it. National Bakery. No, there we go. I didn't hear it, but I knew. Uh, Switchblade. Aaron Ashby going to turn into next Corbin Burns? Let me tell you what. If Aaron Ashby finds some command, he walks a lot of guys, obviously, but if he finds some command, watching him the other day, Throws a fastball 97, throws a curveball 79, throws his changeup 88, all with movement. <clears throat> I mean, if he figures out some command, like he's pretty good starting pitcher right now, it would be game over if he gets maybe not even Corbin Burns level command, but just less than that. Just nasty stuff. I, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, getting back to the discussion here. We've got three cards that ended last night in the PWCC Weekly Auction number 30 in our flip quest from last night. We didn't buy any of these three. They're very expensive, but these were the three cards that landed on the podium. And the Instagram polls for the first time ever is split 33% for each between the Lewis Hamilton Auto at 58, the John Morant and uh, Flawless RPA at 15, PSA 10, and then the Justin Herbert BGS 9 numbered out, excuse me, numbered out 20. It's the vertical dual patch. Nate, if you, uh, if you had to pick one, and the question was, what was the best bang for the buck. What was the best bang for the buck in your opinion of last night's podium? Um, I mean, one guy's like one of the best ever for his individual sport, but he's also the most expensive, not a rookie whole big thing. The other two guys like first certified autograph though. 
I think I have to go Lewis Hamilton because I mean it's it would it would be Herculean efforts for John Morant or Justin Herbert to be con- considered the one of the best in their sport by the time their career is done. I just don't want to bet on that, so I'm going Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, I also going Lewis Hamilton for the sheer fact that uh, this is like the card for him in Topps or in Formula One release, you know, type of deal. You could argue a bunch of different cards are better than these John Morant and Justin Herberts, which there are better cards than that. There's also some better Lewis Hamiltons out there, but this is definitely one of the best to get, and I definitely think it's the best use of the money. Um, any given punch mentioned that the Lewis was selling for fifty thousand dollars last year. I think it depends on the grade. The last time this grade sold BGS eight, it was like seventeen thousand. So it gained ten thousand dollars since last September till now for the specific BGS eight. And uh, Will very says, lame auto. Will says Will Hamilton's auto looks like my three year old's auto. Uh, Hamilton's autos on the Dynasty cards are much better than on the Topps Chrome. On the Topps Chrome, they're very small and just swirly. On the Dynasty, at least it looks like it's got some form and it's a lot bigger and. Obviously, on card wins too. This was a fun question from Julie and Nate. Maybe, maybe you have some thoughts on this. But Jaguars over or under six wins on the season. Okay, Doug Peterson there. <laughs> a couple more healthy guys. I still have to go under. Under? Yeah, I'm gonna go under too. But this is the uh, contenders Lawrence PSA 10 auto sold for 4,200 last night. It's a 13 percent rise in one week. One week, it gained like 600 bucks in the previous sale. So as you can see, football is heating up. While the uh, this is a wrong percent right here. That should not be under 104% drop. That's impossible. I'll, I'll say this. If they are over, that will be squarely on Trevor Lawrence's shoulders. If that makes sense. If like, they go over six? If they go over six wins and are actually a good team, <clears throat> that's because Trevor Lawrence was really good this year because I just don't think they probably have – the roster to compete with some of the other teams though i will uh, the the afc the afc south is not exactly uh or the yeah 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 not exactly the uh picture of impressive teams evan says why do they wait for the worst contenders design to put it on trevor lawrence's rookie year yeah it is uh it was not one of my favorites either it makes number one contenders on card all the time this is on card, but why did they make it look like there's a sticker auto there, Nate? You see that? How it's kind of like got the the shadow behind it? Oh, I thought that was a sticker auto. No, they're all on card, as they should be for the quarterbacks. It's crazy. I don't know whoever approved that design. Seriously, not not good. I mean, it's a terrible design. And then, uh, of course, we got the around $100 budget section here. Find a nice little $100 card. Sometimes it can work out for you. Um, if you search hard on the flip quest, Nate, around 100 bucks. where's the best money spent right now? Between these six, uh, um, I got to go with not knowing anything about the uh, soccer player on the bottom right or the hockey player on the bottom left. I got to go with Jalen Hurts. Uh, seems like Bam's time has come and gone. So, same with Glaber Torres. Same with Christian McCaffrey. Though McCaffrey could obviously be healthy for the first time in years this year and make some noise, but I got to go Hurts, Obsidian. Yeah, I think that the Hurts is like the best uh, safe and risky play at the same time. I like that. I like Adam Fox, but Card just not really. That desirable in my I mean it's a young guns rookie. I don't want to like dump on the, the main rookie for hockey, but I just like the autos a lot more. I'm in the hockey market. And then Josh Sargent, I don't think he's gonna do much for US this year. All right, here we go. Time to jump into officially <coughs> excuse me. The question from today's live stream, which is 
What are the most overrated sports cards in the market right now, voted on by you, the audience? Um, and the very first take here, which is about 11 different or no, 12 different responses, and there were even a couple more than that, I think. What does it all were. to do with Nate? There were. Uh, there is one theme here. The, the main theme is 2021 rookie quarterbacks, but the rest of the theme is also just QBs in general. Uh, Tua was named, so we have a Tua graph. But by and large, uh, 2021 rookie QBs were just slammed, slammed today. Um, I'd say 75% of the responses we got were about rookie QBs. Yeah, I and it's hard to tell. It's like is – is it because there's, you know, a lot of the content we, we produce right now is like, hey, like you should be selling your quarterbacks leading up to the season unless there's that one guy who you really think is having a huge year because most of them don't, you know, gain value throughout the season. Or if it's just like it actually is overvalued just in general because like in my eyes, it's both. You look at uh, – and we'll get into your drafts here, I know. But you look at all the different quarterbacks, especially from the 2021 class, and you look at quarterbacks prior to them like the Josh Allens, Lamar Jacksons, and I'll let you talk about that, but it's just like they're not that good compared to these guys, and they're selling for a ton. Not a single one of them was impressive last year. Not a single one, and not only that, but I think it's because, like, you look at the um, the camo you bought the other day of, of – Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary, thank you. You know, you got that for $80, and – he had a really good year last year and a lot of people are picking him to be like a breakout superstar this year. And if he is cool, if he isn't still should be pretty good. But like if he ended up with a 15, 16, 17 sack season, that card still isn't going to jump that drastically. The card he bought, it will jump, but it won't jump drastically. And uh, you guys, you know, that he's a, he would be a star at that point, more of a star than say probably a Zach Wilson, even though he's a starting quarterback in the NFL, it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's absurd. It's absurd how QB heavy this is and how you can have other really good players that go for barely anything. And well, I think the way I look at right. the way I look at it is in, in three or four or five years, are these guys going to be relevant either in the card market or even in the NFL world? I'd say at least half of them won't be. Um, I don't know which five or which of the six you could say that Davis Mills won't be relevant, but I guess I'd probably put my money on like Zach Wilson. Uh, Davis Mills. I even think Mac Jones could be there more than like a Trey Lance and Lawrence. It just depends on how, if the Jaguars add any talent or get good enough because if they're not good enough, then he can't really perform probably. Uh, and real quick, Matthew brings up a good point. 2021 rookie QB is a lot better than 2022 rookie QBs. And uh, it should be pointed out that, <coughs> sorry, it should be pointed out that that could be some people's thinking is, hey, I'll just spend more money on these rookie 2021 rookie QBs right now. We brought this up when the draft happened. Uh, spend more money on the 2021 rookie QBs because you're not impressed by Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett or somebody like that, and you don't think they're going to be valuable and 2022 Prism's not going to be valuable. Well, if I'm not going to spend my money on that, I might as well spend it early and get into some QBs, rookie QBs before their second season starts. Yeah, and I get that there's this uh, kind of like window that's put onto each quarterback, I feel like, in the market. We see it a lot of times. It's, you got like a three-year window, I feel like, to really like hit that that big growth that you want to see it happen with. You know, Herbert and Burrow did hit that big growth from when their cards were released. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo eventually did once he got traded and stuff to the Niners, and that came later in his career. 
But I feel like for a lot of players, like Kyler Murray, I remember last year was going into his third season, a lot of people were like, oh, it's the make-or-break season. I do feel like this market did drop a lot when he didn't really, like, make it. Now, I mean, he did okay. They started really hot. But his market did drop a ton from when it was going into that third season. So we'll see what happens here. But why don't you just start talking about a couple of these guys, and we'll go through these a little bit quicker. <clears throat> yeah, so we got a lot to get through today. Um, yeah. So first one up, it, Tua was named, so I grabbed a non-base, non-hollow Tua, and it's mosaic pink. And it, it's up in the last six months, um, not drastically. I, I can't believe I didn't realize I didn't grab the uh, bottom chunk there. Probably up um, by a dollar. <laughs> this is the first time I've noticed that. Uh, up by a dollar? That's what hashtag, it looks like. Hashtag worth it. It might be more than that. It's tough to it's tough to tell on something like this. But that being said, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, you can call Tua overrated and overvalued. I'm a Tua believer, so you know where I stand. I'm just excited to watch him play with some good wide receivers and a good coach. Yeah, it will be pretty exciting to see. Uh, but we got Trevor Lawrence here. This is his 2021 XRC select rookie. So technically from 2020, I was released, but it's a 2021 rookie, PSA 10. It's chilling at like $1,100 right now or $1,050. No, sorry, $1,100. That's right. It's a pop 104. Um, but with all the other rookie cards coming out now, like this card at the time when it released, because the redemptions were hitting like halfway through last season, it's really one of the only cards you could grab of a player. Um, and this did gain 9% over the last six months, that is. But, uh, you know, some people obviously are calling for the overvaluedness. Yeah. And then if you real, compare real it to – Real quick, yep. real quick, don't, don't keep going. Go back, go back. There's a method to this madness. Uh, Card Ladder only had four graphs. They only had the select XRCs that weren't base. Yes. So I didn't want to grab base, so I grabbed the select XRCs. So you will see a select XRC price for every single rookie QB – and it will get compared to Lamar Jackson, a couple different Lamar Jackson cards, but Lamar Jackson because obviously Lamar has won an MVP. Um, he's been a multi-time Pro Bowler. He's really good. He gets disrespected, but it's like you can see the price there. Sold price thirteen ninety-five, July thirty-first for a PSA ten. That's only two hundred fifty dollars, two hundred seventy-five dollars more than this uh, than than the Trevor Lawrence. And what has Trevor Lawrence done? He was the number one pick. Outside of yeah. that, he like set a, he either almost set a record for rookie interceptions by a QB, or he did. I can't. I I don't remember if he beat Peyton Manning's record or not, but it's insane. And so it's like just being the number one pick makes you almost as valuable as a former MVP. Get out of here. Right, um, so right. I'm I'm definitely agreeing. And I I also brought up something a little bit cheaper to compare to some of the other cheaper rookies, uh, the select uh, silver field level PSA 10 pop 179, still under 200 pop, obviously not close to the other things, but like this is a really nice card of Lamar, 650 bucks. So just keep those prices in mind for Lamar as we look at the other ones. Definitely. I'll let you keep going. I was trying to spare you some, some talking, but uh, I, I, I'll let, I I'll appreciate let you get it. Through it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Really yeah. quick, I want to bring up Matthew saying because Matthew said, so answer me this. Why is Jamar Chase contenders and National Treasures almost the same price as Ricky QBs? Is he already at his ceiling? I'll have you pause on that and wait maybe like 25, 30 more minutes because I actually bring something similar to that up. Perfect. All right, so Justin Fields. What did Justin Fields do last year? You know, 
Pop 88, I get it. Uh, one of his nicer select cards, I get it. But 660 bucks. if I'm spending $650, give me that Lamar Jackson field level silver PSA 10 all day long, twice on Sunday. It is kind of ridiculous to see. Well, yes, I guess you could say, you know, you compare the Lamar Jackson XRC to the field level itself. The XRC is two times as valuable. So you can maybe look at these two cards and uh, the fact that they're on the same level You'd almost say that the Lamar is like two times as powerful of a price, Nate. So you yeah. probably are spending double on this Lamar, like just value-wise on top of the fields. But still, I mean, straight dollars and cents. It's like if if fields is irrelevant in three years, Lamar Jackson might have another MVP or is leading the Ravens to the playoffs and more like definitely rather have that in your collection. I mean, there's possibility that Aaron Rodgers plays three more years. You think Justin Fields is leading, uh, leading the Bears past Aaron Rodgers in the next three years at all? I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's insane. Um, Mac Jones, $800. I was actually shocked by this. It has dropped significantly, 48% drop there. Um, pop 124. Of course, the pop has probably gone up as the price has gone down. That being said, $800, still a pretty healthy chunk of change. And I would much rather, I like Justin Fields from the idea that his head coach got removed and he has a new head coach. But I liked ju- the idea of Justin Fields uh, for cheap. Yeah, Matthew says it. I uh, I like the idea of Justin Fields for cheap, not spending $660 on him and hoping that it was the head coach that changes things around. That's insane to me. I'd much rather <coughs> spend $800 on Mac Jones knowing he has Bill Belichick and uh, has the confidence of his peers. That being said, I would still <laughs> rather go with Lamar Jackson. I agree. And also you brought up a good point, very valid, that this card definitely decreased in price 48% because of the population increase, but also because of all the other cards hitting the market since then, National Treasures, Immaculate, Contenders, Flawless, uh, missing others, but whatever. I mean, Optic, and I'm sure Select is going to be here soon. So uh, if this shows you anything, do not buy in early on like the first good release that's possible for football quarterbacks, because six months later, you definitely could get a bargain compared to that. Unless for some reason in this amount of time something happened, like the Patriots traded for Devontae Adams instead of not doing nothing, you know, like something like that. Yeah. Um, Zach Wilson, same thing. Didn't have a graph, but six hundred eight bucks PSA ten. Uh, same along the same lines <laughs> as literally everyone else. And this one's Ooh. insane to me. <laughs> Trey Lance, PSA ten. $1,050 August 9th. There was one a day before it that sold for $1,100. So this isn't like somebody way overpaying. Um, <clears throat> and like I've seen some things like Trey Lance could have a breakout like Patrick Mahomes did in, you know, uh, in year number two in the NFL, this and that. I get it. Okay. He's got, he's got, um, why can't I think of his coach right now? Shanahan. <laughs> Uh, but a thousand one hundred bucks, a thousand fifty dollars for a guy that proved nothing last year. Uh, I don't know about you. I understand that Tre- uh, Trevor Lawrence was like the first overall pick and was one of the most hyped prospects in a long time. Andrew Luck by uh, most hyped since Andrew Luck for sure. But it's just kind of crazy to see that thing still over a thousand dollars with how bad the Jaguars were and how bad they're probably gonna be this year. And knowing that the situation probably hasn't changed a whole lot for them. Like it still is a lot of money. I would rather, I think from like a risk standpoint or like a risk reward standpoint, put it on Trey Lance, even though a thousand dollars seems crazy. At least you know the Niners have a chance to com- 
contend. That's true. And they've have good they've got really good players around him on both sides of the ball. Um so from that standpoint, yes, I would much rather buy Trey Lance than Trevor Lawrence, but for three hundred dollars more I can get Lamar Jackson, the sure thing. Yeah. I agree with that. Matthew says, Julian, I see why they didn't want you on the show this week. Your comments are insane. Julian said the best QB in the league, MVP incoming for Trey Lance. And he said, Justin Fields is booty. History shows OSU QBs not made for NFL. I mean, he's not wrong there. How many OSU quarterbacks did not succeed? A lot of them. But also, he says, go Wisco. And yes, go Wisco. But I also have to admit Wait, that, I mean, how many, how many Wisconsin w- quarterbacks have succeeded in the NFL? And, exactly. I mean, Russell Wilson was there for one season. You know, Wisconsin did really well because he was already really good. It's not like that we recruited him and then made him really good. <laughs> I agree with that, Nate. Um, Our guy, top 10 Tony. Yeah, top 10. Uh, along the same lines, but different. Not 2021 rookie QBs that haven't done anything. But Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, who have both shown very impressive talent in the NFL, and Josh Allen at least close to some MVP awards. <clears throat> um, but you see the Prism Silver PSA 10 here, pop 201, uh, $4,050 price tag. And then if you quickly go over to the next one, Justin Herbert, um, $4,920 price tag, but a pop 105. And so before you lose your mind and say, how can Justin Herbert be uh, almost a thousand bucks more than Josh Allen? Just remember half the pop here. If he had a pop 200, I'm sure the price is significantly lower than Josh Allen's. Yeah. Josh Allen's market cap is, is far bigger than Justin Herbert's based off of that. And also be interesting. Look at how many PS nines were of each. I mean, obviously it still doesn't tell the full story because the card's not numbered. So when they're not numbered, uh, it's hard to know exactly how many are out there to get a direct comparison. Out of curiosity, though, Aaron, because yeah. I don't, I'm not w- really willing to say that either of these guys is overrated or overhyped. I think they're both appropriately hyped in that they're both insanely good. Um, the prices, I mean, five thousand dollars for a piece of cardboard is insane if you think about it like that. But from a from a price standpoint, compared to other cardboard, it doesn't feel like outrageous by any means. Um, or four thousand dollars, Josh Allen. So, like, for me, if you had to choose one of these, Josh Allen for 4000 but double the pop, or Justin Herbert for five, which one would you choose? Um, I got to go with the Herbert. I think the Bills have the best chance this year between the Chargers and the Bills, definitely. I mean, that's not, like, a very big statement. That's pretty obvious. But the whole fact that this 2020 Prism stuff is super, super hard to grade. I mean, there's a lot of quality control issues. I mean, even more so now at 2021. You can just tell how it keeps getting worse and worse every single year. Shout out Panini. We just had that bring, uh, brought up last night, I think, Nate, they're talking about Fanatics um, with them taking the licenses. Are the Is the quality control going to keep going down? It appears it is, but uh, very tough to get PSA 10 in this card. 105 is uh, pretty solid, and uh, I just think that where he can and either still have that potential of the Super Bowl it, versus like Mahomes, who's already done it, been there, done that type of thing, Super Bowl MVP. So whichever one can race there, I think you're going to see massive gains in, in, uh, in their markets. Now, maybe neither do it because there's so much other competition as we've talked about with Burrow and Lamar Jackson and Mahomes, obviously still, and whoever else you want to say, but I think Herbert, man, he's a freaking stud. Uh, that is, Allen, though. that is another feather in the Trey Lance cap. I hate to be saying that because Julian's in here, but uh, <clears throat> you know, from a, from a young, young QB standpoint, you know, take Kyler Murray out of the picture and not too many people are impressed by him. Um, take Rogers out of the picture because he's, not young take Matthew Stafford out of the picture because he's not young take Tom Brady out of the picture because he's not young who are the young QBs in the uh 
in the National League or National League um, NFC that that are like worth buying. Nate's so riled right now by Manny calling out Nate for being a Jayhawks fan. He, he is, but but uh, I'm just ignoring him completely. <coughs> Where are the young QBs that could pop off? It's basically. Uh... Yeah, I mean, honestly, like you said, Trey Lance, everyone kind of used that logic for Kyler Murray. So uh, hopefully he doesn't pull a Kyler Murray and, you know, choke in the playoffs and everything once he gets there. But, well, actually, maybe for my for our sake as Packers fans, I really hope he does. I mean, we can't beat the Niners for anything, so I hope he does choke. But you're right. I mean, the competition level is so much lower. If you can get – if you can make waves and uh, be very impressive in the NFC, you'll probably, you know, help out your market quite a bit faster than an AFC quarterback, especially – I mean, you'd, I'd even bring up the older guys, like, Wilson and Carr, not that Carr's amazing, but he can definitely beat you, I feel like, on any given Sunday type of deal. I mean, anything can happen there in the, in the AFC. Correct. Northwoods Card Collector, uh, shout out to Jordan, said, Vintage Baseball. We just talked about this the other night, too. It's just the, quote, flavor of the month, and eventually someone will be caught holding the bag. And Nate brought up some cards here to talk about. Nate, I'll let you talk about these, and I'll talk about Vintage Baseball in general. Yeah, so I just grabbed three examples of cards that have kind of popped off in the last uh, three months. Three months here, thirty-nine percent for a nineteen. Does that say fifty-six? Sixty-five. Nineteen sixty-five tops Mickey Mantle SGC five. Now, obviously, as we know, and as all you know, um, there can be a change in price because of looks of the card. That being said, forty uh, percent. 39% will round down. 39% uh, change in price between sales is definitely not going to be just because one of the cards is more centered than the other. Unless, unless one, it looks like this SGC5 on the screen right here, that's like literally off the card, and then one is perfectly centered. That could definitely be happen. But you think that would be a almost a 40% gain? Oh, def- I think so. But also, you have to look, and it's not from the bottom. It's from like a midpoint the comparison of 40 percent because it would it would be even more of a gain if you looked at from the bottom point (laughs) but either way i still agree with what you're saying right now yeah and then just a couple more examples roberto clemente obviously r.i.p and he jumped 44 percent uh from 7,000 to 10,000 psa6 and who knows you know same same rules apply and then ricky anderson a little bit newer uh, tried to still go quote unquote vintage, but 1980s Ricky Henderson PSA nine. Um, I should have grabbed the pop on these because I believe there's a ton. There is a lot of Ricky Hendersons. Um, notably, this card is pretty off centered, horrendously on a lot of the PSA eights. Uh, I think that some of the nines can be off centered, but if you do look at this graph, I think Nate, this so there's 2,000 of these 2,000 PSA nines. Um, shockingly, there's actually been since the beginning of the year like over 100. Add, oh wait no just kidding that's like 50 that's still a good amount though still 50 psa 9s added i mean we're talking we're talking 42 years here yeah like that is still quite a bit i mean you never know how many could be crossovers or anything like that but uh either way i think this graph shows the rise in let's say a vintage segment because of the psa 9 less variation between the ipo versus like a really good psa 5 versus a bad one um or SGC 5 to a bad one and uh i agree with uh northwood's a ton on this section. I don't, I'm not a vintage collector. I have two vintage cards and I don't want to sit here and like say that a segment of the market is worse than another. But all I know is when you look and you see a bunch of people who weren't buying vintage before talking about and buying vintage at a given time and you see rises like this, 
it very quickly leads to false. That's that it can apply to any segment, any card, anything I collect, anything Nate collects. It doesn't matter who's collecting. It can happen. Yeah, no. I have a question. If you see a lot of people talking about a segment um, and getting into a segment quick, you can <coughs> – maybe this is a broad uh, assumption of me or something, but uh, you can assume that they don't know enough about looking at eye appeal, potentially. If they're just chasing the bag, maybe they don't know about eye appeal and they're just buying PSA 6s to buy PSA 6s no matter what it looks like. And then, I mean, there's no way to prove that, but like from what I know of people that I know that have just went from one thing to the next, to the next, just chasing the money. I don't really think they ever took their time to learn. It was just buy, buy, buy. And so if you didn't take your time to learn the vintage market and you just saw PSA six, PSA six, I mean, Nate, you're you're not wrong. I don't think we can sit here and say that's def- definitely what's happening. No, but I know. I think, that, I think there's a chance that that's happening. Yeah. So uh, it's like it's like I think then if you go back to the other graph, where it's like you know could be could be just eye appeal. I mean, if that's if that's you know the most recent sale eight twelve, it could just be somebody that just doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah, I'll, I'll show one more thing here. Um, first off, all this data from today, like always, is coming from Card Ladder Pro. Amazing data, fl- data platform. 30 million plus data points through the sales history. Got all the different like 25,000 verified cards or uh, uh, tracked cards and everything. But there is one thing that has to be said. Well, I love Card Ladder. I love the people that made it. I love how it works. Vintage is very hard to put on a graph. Because of all these things we're talking about right now, we just spent 10 minutes going back and forth about is this 39% gain actually a 39% gain. And then I just pulled up the uh, the chart here right now because the SGC5 that did sell for 850 was definitely more centered than the other ones that have been selling. Um, now, it is a lot more. Like, that's a $400 uh, higher gain. But another thing I'd point out, you know, there is a pre-centered one that happened on May 9th for uh, 510. I don't know if May 9th, it's May 9th is just right before this chart started the three month, but that's still like, that's still like a 300 or $300 gain on a two center copies of new labels. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Nate's right. Um, and I do think that like, there are some Nate that are also off center that were selling for what previously center copies sold for. So, oh, wow. That like, you don't want to, like, I wouldn't be in that. Like if, if I had to get a recommendation, do not buy an off center vintage card for what, Centered cards were selling for three months ago. That's probably one of the, at least in my opinion, one of the uh, worst purchases you can maybe make right now. But I don't want to like say that to, I know, I mean, you can make money on pretty much anything that, that can go up in price because it gets talked about more, just like vintage has been. So I guess it might work out, but it just is, doesn't seem logical is what I'm trying to say. Here's one that uh, popped up that this is another thing that's been talked about at length by a lot of people, including us. Um, so I'm not going to like say we're not some of those people, but like anything with a serial number. So for a certain point in time, there was case hit, case hit, case hit. You can get the zebra, the color blast, the kaboom, the manga or whatever they're doing out in football. Downtown. Yeah. You name it. All the different non-numbered panini inserts and then a couple tops. I'm sure along the way, but. Wolf says anything with a serial number is overvalued um, because now over the last, I'd say like six months, we've been talking about, I'm sure for over a year, a year and a half now, maybe two years though, or more too. But uh serial number cards, you know, the print run, you know, you can tell how many are out there, how many might be yet to release the market, whatever you want to talk about. 
But I guess if you see too many cards coming into the market at one time of a serial number card, maybe it's not as rare as it seems, kind of like this John Morant. Well, here's what I'm confused by. So if serial number is overrated, or um, whatever the, the question we asked was, does that mean that, like, what's your other option? Non-numbered? Because... <laughs> It's like if we pulled up the silver PSA 10 graph of John Morant to well, be way I put, worse. I put a base. I put a base on the next slide for for a comparison. You can see it's dropped 40 percent in the last six months compared to the blue that has raised 17 uh, percent in the last six months. Um, Increase 17 percent. Just one of those things, or 18 percent. Let's round up 18 percent. Take that right. extra 40.42. Uh, <laughs> It's just one of those things that this, of all the questions, this was the most confusing to me because I understand what he's saying. And yet it's like, what else? What else do you want in the card market if you're not if you're going to consider that serial number cards are overrated? Because you can see the yeah. you can see the uh, the this specific one, only one example. Obviously, you know, there's a lot There are going to be a lot more examples that don't support this decision. But it was the first one I looked up and it worked. So I kept went with it. <laughs> Um, right here, eighteen percent increase for a serial number card, forty percent decrease for a non-serial number base. Yeah, that is like a huge difference. You have lost thousands placing that type of money on the base, or even the silvers versus the blue. Now, this is just prism. Also, you know, you can look at other cards, and I have to say this: anything with a serial number is a stretch, and I think that we just showed that and debunked it. There are definitely cards that are serial numbered. That Panini has just serial number to try to capitalize on the serial number, which I think is a, a good point here to think about. NT vertical patch autos out of 49 out of 75 from this year's NBA National Treasure seems stupid to me. I mean, they never used to have those. And it's just like, let's just make more of the things that's going to make more people go spend the money because they, they sell for some money now. But five I mean, years down the line, 10 years down the line, we don't know. Bo Bowman, Bowman did the same thing with their lavas and their blue lavas. And, you know, they already had the solid colors and the shimmers and then they added the uh pinks out of 199 that never existed and then all of a sudden there's lavas along with shimmers of blues and reds and um that stuff along with the ray, ray black and white ray wave autos and all that stuff that has been added along the way so both companies are guilty of it um just adding serial numbered stuff to add it yeah, and Tech pointed it out. They aren't overpriced, but the numbered pool has gone up, which is true. If you look at them on serial number cards and the you know in the circulation, it's definitely so much higher now. I uh, still got to be selective when buying. I try to stick that out ten out of twenty five out of fifty. Uh, it just depends on what it is. And uh, Will brings up a good point. Don't bother chart analysis for vintage, not enough sample size, and the huge variance with eye peel. Uh, it de you definitely have to look at the actual cards they're selling. I totally agree with you. Anything to tease from Gage? So we had a good Instagram post that came out today on Fernando Tatis, Fernando Tatis's market. Of course, the PEDs, all that happened, suspension. Well, we already have a Zephyr uh, PSA 10 Tops Chrome Rookie update here. It's dropped down to $800 after being worth like $1,680 um, a week ago and over $2,500 six months ago, which obviously is like outdated data point because market was higher pre-baseball season. But even if... It still is a huge drop in the last week alone, over 50%. Uh, if this is the most overvalued thing, then I guess that that means that this is going to drop another 50% maybe. So and I wouldn't be surprised, Nate. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. The baseball season coming to a close, no games for him next season. 
uh, for the first, like, I don't know, however many, 50 or something like that. Uh, no spring training. This definitely has legs to drop down to, like, five $400. I agree. Also, I'm a pretty, pretty big believer in a lot of a guy's market is made up by his home fans wanting to buy him. Like, not not drastic amounts or anything. Like, there's obviously people that are not Padres fans that buy Tatis. But there's going to be a lot of Padre fans that hold Tatis, right? They're going to be the people that kind of personally collect him and hold that price up. And if they see a good deal, buy it and personally collect it, right? I've seen on Twitter, there's a lot of Padres fans out there on Twitter. And by and large, I'd say 95% of them hate Fernando of them hate Fernando Tatis's guts. Well, yeah, because the guy has done repetitive things to screw the team and the franchise over. Correct. And those are the people that were collecting his cards. They're probably no longer collecting. They're probably dumping in droves. And you're going to see when the when the collectors no longer want to collect a guy and the flippers don't have somebody to sell to at the end of the line for a, to be a collector, huge drops. And like that applies to anything, Nate, not just Tatis, what you just said. Yeah. Matthew says, Tatis going to be a buy soon. I feel like he's nearing the low right now. I don't think that he's near the low right now. I mean, we've only seen six days. Unless we think that's going to drop like a brick and then bounce back and rise for the next six months, I think that there's plenty of room left to go on a lot of these cards of his. Tech says, do you think he's going to appeal? He already is not appealing. He said that it's his own mistake. And, uh, yeah, so that's his, pretty his dad. His dad came out and said something uber stupid today. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> I saw a tweet. And it's just like still digging the grave, except not just Fernando Tatis this time, but his father and his PR team. Uh, somebody has to go over there and just like tell his entire team to just be quiet, not say anything, and just let this and not do anything either. Goodness gracious! I mean, I've never seen I've never seen somebody fall from grace so quick, so fast like Fernando Tatis has this year. Oh my gosh! From it's top so bad, three man. MVP last year to Probably the most hated player in, on his franchise. And don't forget about face the baseball in between there. <laughs> yep. We got Kevin Cormier here with one of the soccer uh, overvalued uh, responses here. Panini soccer parallels way outpace. They way outpace the similarly numbered tops. Kevin, I have some data here to share. Now I have to preface this with this is two different players. This is only two examples of those players. This is not looking at the newer stuff, the cheaper stuff. Um, you know, let's say like looking at like a top's finest Holland second year card blue out of 50, or it's not numbered out of 50, but let's just say blue out of 50 versus a Panini, whatever their number out of 50 is. So while I'm going to almost debunk what you said a bit, I still think that you probably have some, some reason here. And, uh, also I agree. Top soccer is way better than Panini soccer. So I, I do agree with you, but I'm just going to share some data here. So 2018 purple of 99 PSA 10 of Kylian Mbappe from the first Prison World Cup set for him. This was in his French kit. This was released a year after his Topps Chrome and a PSG in his top or in his select, excuse me, field level PSG, but still a big cars Prison World Cup. And this sold for $13,200 of purple of 99 PSA 10, May 21st. You look at the select white of 99 PSA 10. This I'd say is one of his most sought after rookie cards. $6,500 in December 17th, 2021. You kind of assume that that price is almost you know higher at the time than what a May 21st sale would be too. But that's about half the price of the um, of the prism of the same number. 
You look at the same number in Topps Chrome 2017, and maybe this is a maybe this is a flawed example for the reason that this is the first release of Topps Chrome ever. On top of it being Mbappe's rookie card, sold for sixteen thousand eight hundred for the same color of ninety nine PSA ten. It sold for more than the purple. It sold for more than the white of ninety nine from Select. But like I said, it is a little bit of a flawed example because this is the first Topps Chrome Champions League. It is one of Mbappe's first and true rookie cards outside the sticker in 2016. But I thought Mbappe would be a good example because a lot of people know him. And then we've got Messi here. Um, this is Messi Prism Purple of 99 PSA 10 from 2018. Also, 750. This is a 2018, so the same year, not the first year of Topps Chrome because I knew that thing would be way more. But the Topps Chrome uh, Green of 99 PSA 10 sold a year ago for 698. So that's a little bit closer in price, although... Now that green would probably sell for a lot lower than 700 versus last summer. So technically, this this would support your example. That you'd rather have the Topps Chrome green. Um, and I guess that's actually all I had for the soccer example. But I want to point out that Evan is probably hinting more towards where Tech says Topps Merlin Chrome over Prism Soccer, like Prism EPL, I'm assuming you're saying. And I agree with that. I mean, you find a gold out of 50 in Topps Chrome, and uh, that's way better than the out of 49 green ice or whatever for Prism, at least in my, in my opinion. So I, 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 I'm not saying that Kevin's wrong. Kevin's definitely got some a point here, but I just want to bring up some of the bigger Mbappe and Messi cards to look at. Lab cards. Jordan 86 Fleur PSA 10. We've talked about this card in a few different content pieces over the last couple of years, comparing the Jordan Fleur PSA 10. That's like a pop 330 or something like that. Uh, but in, in total, it's like over 20,000, I believe, PSA graded Jordan rookies. Uh, comparing it to different, you know, on-card patch autos, everything. So right now you can see how things trended, you know, all the way up to that $750,000 down, back up again, and then way down. Now it's at 216K. 216K around there would buy you recently an on-card 1999 game use jersey auto, 23 out of 23 PSA 10 of Jordan. It would also, well, if you pitched in more money, $90,000, you could get a tri- triple auto on-card of Kobe, MJ, and LeBron. And then that same money or a little bit more also would get you an exquisite limited logo man. Uh, sorry, limited logos patch auto of 75 BGS 9.5 uh, back on July 21st. So this is kind of a, I, it's debated a lot. Nate, I don't know if you have any more thoughts there. It's like, would you rather have the high population iconic rookie, rookie or do you rather have a serial numbered autograph? That's pretty much what the debate is. Oh. Uh... That, oh, that's tough. That's actually tough because obviously it is high pop, but it is it is one of the most iconic cards in history of cards, right? It is. It's probably one of the top, I'd say guaranteed five. You could say top three if you don't put it with the mantle and the Honus Wagner probably. So, like, while I get that having an auto or a patch auto or a, you know, triple auto with some other – some couple other guys lebron kobe would be cool though there's a lot of jordan autos out there there's a lot of jordan jersey cards out there um and so like if you got all the pop of all of those added up it would probably be pretty high pop even if they're different uh yeah but it's similar so i get what you're saying yeah more than 330 for sure jordan autos in existence from upper deck yeah um I like to hear the audience's thoughts. If you all want to add in right now, would you rather have the PSA 10 Jordan 86 Fleer, the iconic card? Maybe not technically his first rookie, obviously, with the 84 star, 
or would you rather drop some money on like this 1999 Upper Deck Game Use Jersey Auto of 23 PSA 10? Cool card for me. Man, I love autos. I'd probably go with the auto, but I actually agree with Nate's point too. You know, you add up all the autos of Jordan, and what's the real difference between one that has a jersey in the bottom right versus in the middle versus in the top, whatever. Uh, but it's a, it's a good thing to think about. Now, it's also something that we can't even act on. I'm sure a lot of people can't act on either, with it being a $200,000 card, but it's fun to think about. Nope. Midwest Ripper says he wants the 86 Fleer PSA 10. Uh, Timo says, Nate, I hear Trout's career may be injured or maybe over at the back injury. What do you say? Uh, I mean, it's unfortunate. Over, over? I, I would be shocked if it's over because he's owed a lot of money, and I think he'll just keep playing through it till he gets it paid all. But um, will he ever play even like 130 games again? I don't think so. Will he hit? He might not even play 110 games again in the season. It might be like 100, them trying to get him to play 100 games and be healthy for the playoffs if they ever make it. Um, but I would I would be shocked if it's over just because of how much money is left on that deal. Lucas says, thoughts on the 86 Fleer sticker? I picked up one last night in the PWCC weekly auction. Prices on that have dipped a ton. Honestly, I'm probably not the best guy to ask if it's a you know good buy or not right now because I'm not a – you know, 80s, 90s basketball collector. But all I have to say is that if you do want a Fleer Jordan, you want to buy it at an affordable price, it's probably not a bad option. Um, obviously, you can get probably like a lower grade 86 Fleer, the actual card versus the sticker. But if you want to get a higher grade, you like higher grades, I'd say go for it. it sounds good. <laughs> all right. This one here is from the Average Joe 26. Everything uh, and anything, National Treasures and Flawless. So both products extremely overvalued says the average Joe 26. Now let's look at this, Nate, because I just saw this posted on uh, Katie's Card Shop story. Shout out to Katie. Jamar Chase's redemptions have started to be fulfilled, and we've got a $6,000 raw price tag. Yeah, I, I knew that because I put one in my uh, in my uh, in the in the newsletter today. Oh, man, I'd never that's... seen I'd never seen one before. A true I have either. True RPA. I did. Oh my gosh! I just posted about the redemptions like a week ago, and now we have uh, the redemptions are like thirty five hundred dollars, Nate. That's what I was posting about, and now it's six thousand dollars for the redeemed one. And you look at that, and uh, that was Matthew brought up a long time ago. But it's like, hey, look at the six K and compared to the quarterbacks. Well, for around six K, you could probably get like a Zach Wilson raw. So, would you rather have a Jamar Chase, who I think will be very relevant three five years from now, or Zach Wilson, who might not be? But also, you look at this and you compare it to other wide receivers. Dude, Devonte Adams, one of one platinum patch auto from NT, the true RPA, not the subsets, but it's obviously not of 99, but it's the one of one. So for like $2,000 last summer prior to his last season with the Packers. Is this you, topped out for a wide receiver? You got to remember <laughs> that um, Devonte Adams – Obviously had a couple of really good seasons the last two years, 1,300 yards, 1,500 yards. But, <coughs> sorry, Jamar Chase just put up records. Records for the amount of receiving yards by a rookie at 1,455 and 13 touchdowns in his first season. Like, he like he's, right. putting up, he's putting up prime. He put up prime Devontae Adams numbers in year number one. Minus Look, the... 
17 touchdowns or whatever. But yeah, so well, he, had, he had 13 touchdowns. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a and lot. And 1,455 yards, which is a lot. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's like, I mean, what is he going to do when he's 28, 29 like Devontae? Well, even take out the Devontae comparison, but just in general, do you think that this is any chance $6,000 and further from here? Like, I guess let me just boil it down very easily, Nate. Two year window. Zach Wilson, RPI of 99. Jamar Chase, RPI of 99 for six grand. Which one do you rather have for two years that you had to sell in two years? Uh, I mean, in a two-year window, Zach Wilson. In a career, Jamar Chase. And the reason for that is because if Jamar Chase stays healthy, born March 1st, 2000, so he is 22 right now. He's 21 last year. He's going to be 22 all of this year. Um, twenty. You know, if he gets <coughs> similar numbers through his age 20 through his twenties and doesn't get injured, he's going to be an all timer. We're talking one of the best ever um, at his position. Uh, if, if obviously huge, if huge on the injuries, huge on the whatchamacallit, but it's hard to argue with a guy that just started his career with 1,455 yards and 13 touchdowns in one season. Yeah. And Joe, Joseph said, look what happened to Deandre Hopkins, one knee injury. And I would add Anna PED suspension now. Uh, and the hobby writes you off. It's true. You know, when you hit your peak as a wide receiver, you can fall from the top very fast. And that happened to DeAndre Hopkins. So it is a sustained thing. If he can sustain for a whole career, I mean, insane, obviously. Yeah. If he just o- – Odell also. Healthy. Odell Beckham also. Yeah. Same thing. It, it's hard to stay healthy, though. Yeah, it is. And Matthew says prices are higher than Justin Jefferson, who is arguably the best young receiver. I have got to say, playing with – Joe Burrow, both being LSU teammates on an exciting team like the Bengals, definitely is going to do more for your prices than other Vikings with Kirk Cousins. Like guaranteed. I loved. I, I mean, well, I, I would, I would much rather personally, and I, I know I'm a Packer fan, so it's it's a little bit biased, but I'd much rather invest in Jamar Chase, knowing that Joe Burrow is going to be throwing to him for most of his career, if not all of it, compared to <coughs> investing in Justin Jefferson, knowing that you know, Kirk Cousins or some other Joe Blow is probably going to be thrown to him. Yeah, and I actually like Justin Jefferson, even as a Packers. Like, I don't want him to do well, obviously, against the Packers, but from, like, a talent standpoint, obviously insanely good. But uh, it's it's all got to do with the QB, too, I think. Uh, and Jason says this price will doubt this price will drop, no doubt about it. Chase is awesome, but this price is too high. This should be said. These were the first two to hit auction that were just redeemed. These prices definitely will fall, like Jason just mentioned. These were $3,500 as a redemption. The first one's went out at 6k now for the redeemed ones yeah they're going to be dropping it uh probably lowered to like 4250 i'd see pretty soon here so i'd recommend not buying this until proper amount of supply hits the uh, hits the market what's up jeremy he says what's up my friends here for the insight and to hype my man nate up when needed <laughs> nate loves cool. it oh uh, Will says Chase passes the eyeball test for me. Well, that's a stamp of approval. Crazy acceleration has it all. That is true. And then also Matthew brings up a good point. Yeah, but look at what Jefferson did with the subpar QB. But that's assuming the Vikings can get someone in better or more exciting too. Which, which that's a big assumption considering they keep paying Kirk Cousins because he's like the best QB they've ever had in the history of their franchise. <laughs> Not named Frank Tarkenton or Brett Favre for one season. Or Brett Favre for one season. Okay, but back to the root of this thing. Everything and anything NT and flawless. Moving on from the Jamar Chase talk. This, I'm not a booklet guy. I'm not a random uh, glove patch guy. But this booklet from <laughs> Flawless, uh, I don't know what's numbered off. 
of two, I think. So for $1,682 of Jamar clean. Chase. What do you say? It's pretty clean. It's pretty sick. It's got some sick silver foil on that thing. Uh, this would be a card that is definitely not sought after. Like the, uh, I got to get the best of the best from the investment market, like the true of uh, 99 from NT. I did not see any like uh, 25s in them so recently, so I couldn't pull up the price. But I did see this Eminence out of five that just released pretty sick patch. Dude, can you imagine? Could you imagine spending $30,000 on a case of Eminence? This is likely your best hit. <laughs> it's one of the best ones for sure. And you're getting $3,000, a tenth of the box price for it. Yeah, so this got auctioned off. Uh, Eminence definitely probably a group rate pride only. Um, if, if Unless you just want to rip to, to blow a ton of money or try to hit the biggest of the big. But three thousand dollars, I I mean, it's half the price of the of the NT right now. It's a pretty sick card. This is a very fair point. Sorry, a very fair point by Francesco. Uh, Jamar Chase will only be relevant until the next big wide receiver comes around. Happened happened to Justin Jefferson, like you know Matthew brought up, um, and uh, <coughs> will probably happen to Jamar Chase once the next young rookie comes through and puts up 13, 1,400 yards. Yeah, um, and think about right. it now with all with all with as much money as it's costing teams to uh, sign wide receivers now. So many receivers are getting drafted in the first round, and where the odds of someone I feel like breaking out is just really high. We've seen a lot of years recently, maybe not to Jamar Chase levels. But I mean, Joe, if you were if you were a follower along of Packers uh, Packers um, preseason football, Romeo Dobbs is going to be like the next like superstar wide receiver. From everything no, I, no. from everything I've pause, read, pause. Not Romeo, Danny Davis from Wisconsin, bro. He scored a touchdown against the Niners. <laughs> Danny Davis, my guy, dude, making an appearance. I didn't even know he was going for the NFL, and there he is, number twenty as a receiver. I thought it was Kevin King at first. Oh, thank goodness, Kevin King is no longer around. <laughs> that dude single-handedly missed us a Super Bowl. And costs us TJ Watt because our management's stupid. All right. Uh, Joseph Gomez says, Kellen Mond hype train coming in hot. I have a feeling that I know nothing about Kellen Mond. I have no idea if he's going to be good. I have no idea if the Vikings are going to play him. All I know is he's drafted. What, I don't know if it's this past season. It might have been this past season. I feel like that Nate, these teams kind of draft these QBs a lot of the time who you don't really hear about them on the draft day, but they're just kind of there. And then like hype starts to build like, oh, Kirk Cousins might get replaced. So this guy starts to rise in price, and it's like, oh, wait, he actually isn't that hyped up by the team itself. Now they're just going to draft someone in the first round the next year to replace the guy. Like, I feel like that's happened with a ton of different quarterbacks to where you kind of, like, feel like that they're going to be the guy, and then they just never even end up playing at all. And I feel like that maybe that happens with Kellen Mond. Or, like, or they do end up playing like Mason Rudolph, and then it comes crashing back down. Yeah, one one of the two. There's a, there's a lot of examples of both. So, I mean, very risky, very, very risky. But all you got to do is have him be named a starter, and then you can sell all of your cards because people start to buy for unrealistic reasons. Just like what happened to Mason Rudolph. Yep. Uh, and then I want to pull up another Jamar Chase here. This is the Immaculate Patch Auto. Pretty weak patch. There's a little corner of an orange. It looks, yeah, like Nate says, pretty small patch. When I'm not crazy about the single patch autos from this year's Immaculate. They don't look as good as like these Eminence and Wallets and NT cards. But $660. Uh, the boxes are less expensive. It's less of a hyped-up card. But I gotta say, if you're looking at getting a patch auto of 99 for an affordable price, 660 compared to six thousand dollars, I think that might be what the average Joe is getting at here. It's a 10% of the price, and you can probably find a nice little patch auto for your collection without paying the maybe 
quote unquote from the average Joe overvalued NT prices. We'll wrap it up here pretty quickly. We got Prism Gold submitted from MH99992 or MH999921. I brought up a Prism Gold here of John Morant. $87,000 for the same card that there's like 500,000 plus cards of, but this one's gold. Seems pretty crazy to me. Like, I understand the value for the 2012 golds and like 2013, 2014 golds. The more you get down the line in Prism Date, the less any single variation gets appealing to me. I don't know if that's how it is for you. Repeat that. So, like, the further you get to the most recent Prism production, the less appealing every single variation gets. Like, 2012 and 2013, 2014 golds, I find awesome. This is pretty boring to me. This John Morant. What's the difference between this and a 2012 Prism gold? Well, let me tell you this. You can buy a gold or a green or a silver. For this, you can get your gold or your gold shimmer or your gold disco or your gold whatever. You know, and I get that maybe that actually makes it a little bit more valuable because this stands out amongst the rest. There's just so many different parallels now, Nate, that I just don't they all just look Okay, I, I get I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Not specifically like there's blues out of 199 and blue ices out of 99 and and reds out of 299 but specifically golds out of 10 of shimmer gold disco gold shimmer gold that's what you're saying well i'm just saying in general nate prism has become very much less appealing to me to where the high prism gold price is like 87k i don't know if if it makes a whole lot of sense when you can go and grab like maybe this is also dumb because this was the previously overhyped card but the ntrpa of 99 with a sick patch which also is probably taken off a rack, like someone said earlier. So maybe we're just down a rabbit hole right now that all this, all these super expensive eighty thousand dollar NT Prism and Flawless you cards. You could, are you could say that quite literally any piece of cardboard that sells for eighty thousand dollars is stupid. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you, I couldn't tell you you're wrong if you're looking at this John Rant and saying it's dumb for selling for eighty four k. I agree. <laughs> I think we got down a rabbit hole here. We but, did. Back to the Prism Golds from MH. You look at the Prism Gold of John Ransom for 87K for that same amount of money. You could get the NT if you wanted to with an R patch from the Grizzlies on the nameplate or the chest plate. You could spend a little bit more money and get the blockchain logo man auto from NT, which is the physical copy. I can't zoom out right now. I don't know what happened there. There we go. It's a physical copy that goes along with like the NFT that they sold. But that is actually a real card, 93K. Or you could spend even more money and get the one of one gold vinyl auto, which kind of the same deal well what's another set another one of one uh the rabbit hole debate and then if you look at this i mean this is where you maybe start to talk about over hype of gold prism like Giannis is in his own category where like he was really i'd say it's one of the most important prism cards ever made as Giannis's rookie but for like messy the only reason why i feel like that these messy uh or 2014 prism cards really have extreme value is because of the precedent that was set earlier with like a Giannis rookie because for Messi himself, you could get two, just or just about two PSA 10 2004 Mega Cracks rookies for that price of a Gold Prism PSA 10 522 thousand dollars. Those Mega Cracks are produced ten years earlier. They're way harder to grade, and they're super super rare. Like for its own card, where like when you look at the overall print run, it's like there's way more Prism cards than Mega Cracks rookies. Number seventy one. So I get the whole overhype deal. Same with the Brady, like two hundred sixty four K. Imagine how many amazing Brady rookies can get for 264K. I don't know. There's just so many different gold prism sales. You can look at them here if you're watching on YouTube. 70 grand for a 2019 prism LeBron. That's Nate's uh, 
you know, way down the line. This this LeBron and the Brady, their first appearance in the Lakers jersey or first appearance in the Buccaneers jersey, selling for forty grand, seventy grand. I feel like Nate, that's where you draw the line. I a hundred percent draw the line there. That is the that is the first card. If I if I were a betting man, <clears throat> that is the first card that if twenty years from now cards aren't uh, as valuable, that's the first card to lose all its value for a player like that. The Brady or the LeBron or both. Both. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if it's just that that one year that LeBron joined the Lakers, that one year that Brady, I guess, won his seventh or eighth seventh Super Bowl. I guess it means saying to someone though. Uh, that is how we end the the live stream tonight. A little bit longer than normal, but I appreciate everyone that hung out this whole time. Uh, let us know in the chat, you know, or in the comments after the video, uh, what you think the most overhyped cards in the market are. We brought up a ton of examples. If we had some more time, I would have ran through as many as we could have from you all too. There were some people that commented throughout the stream. Um, I did see one in particular. I was going to bring up. Oh, it was actually about the uh, the patches and NT National Treasures, like recent years from basketball. Not for any specific game, yada, 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 player, uh, store, not from Walmart. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but that that very much so could be some of those overvalued if you think about it um, because that patch is literally could be cut out of a uh, $50 jersey versus like, you know, a $10,000 game-worn jersey of LaMelo Ball. So if you want to talk about overvalued, I guess that, that would uh, make a lot of sense. Nate, anything to leave us off with? Um. <clears throat> Yeah, one last thing on rookie QBs real quick. Just be careful. Just be careful. There's a lot of hype out there. A lot of people in these comments said, hey, rookie QBs are overrated. A lot of people wrote that in. And obviously there's a ton of hype for guys that have not done a ton in their careers. And uh, just don't don't always fall for the hype. I think rookie QBs is kind of like money chasing right now that people saw in other things. Um Marvel PMGs, kabooms, all that stuff that you see. And uh, <clears throat> it's it's super risky. And if you care about your money, I think there's better places to spend. I like it. Always do your research. Always be thoughtful. And uh, also appreciate Carletter Pro for providing us all his data today. Otherwise, this would not be possible. So thanks, everyone, for joining tonight. Have a great rest of your week. And join us on Sunday at 9.45 p.m. Eastern Time for the next Flip Quest episode here on YouTube Live.